0: This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing Podcast. I'm Andy White and I'm joined today by Lisa Mandel, Business Director at Quill. Hello Lisa.
1: Hello Andy.
0: Just to let all our listeners know, I am on the payroll at Quill. I am on the team, as it were. they we're talking about brands becoming better publishers. Lisa, first and foremost, what changes have occurred in the sort of digital landscape to make it so important that brands become publishers?
1: So the way the market has changed in the last few years is that there's been this increasing demand for digital content. That's come from a, a couple of different drivers. On one side, it's just become increasingly competitive for brands to reach, acquire and engage customers online. Uh, one of the significant drivers of that is how do you make sure that you reach someone and, and whether we like it or not, Google is still the main driver of traffic via search. And actually you want to be able to increase your organic traffic because page hey, search is becoming more competitive and becoming more expensive year on year, especially on your high value brand and and long tail terms. So they made massive changes to their algorithms. The first, all black and white creatures, first was the panda, then the penguin, and now it's the hummingbird as well. But, I've
0: never realised that, least until you said it. They are all black and white creatures, aren't they? <laughs> yes, Revelation.
1: They are. <laughs> I know. And um, they keep it amusing, and keep us on our show, Google. But, uh, you know, what, what they do say, clearly, in black and white, <laughs> is their on their webmaster tools, that to help support your visibility and exposure, you will, you know, if you have fresh quality content, you know, they will, they're looking for that. They want to make sure that they deliver their customers the best user experience and they want to make sure that websites are delivering that best user experience and that that experience of content and actually engaging with the content as well. They're looking for those social engagement uh, to be able to make sure that we're getting exposure through Google. The second is, Actually, when you acquire a customer and they come to your site, brilliant, they're there. But how do you then frame that sale for them? Because customers have a massive paradox of choice. You can literally, you've got about 10 seconds of their time, if that, and then they're going to go somewhere else. So if you go to a website and you're looking for a, uh, a barbecue, say, and you get to the site and you're looking for this barbecue, and actually all you can see is a barbecue and it tells you nothing about that product, why it's so fabulous, it doesn't tell you about its, its, its gas and cooking power, all these things that my husband would know, and I, and I have no idea because he's so good at the barbecue, is, uh, is that actually you'll then just leave and go somewhere that can tell you about that product. And really, we need to tell the story behind the product and actually answer, answer these users questions because if they're, they're looking for things, answer those questions so you won't lose them. And you know, obviously, we would like them to, to buy your product. And then the third thing is, they've bought your product. they have become your customer. They should be your most important person, an existing customer. How do you then build brand loyalty? How do you keep that conversation going with them? And you know, social media. Um, you know, people just reuse it for things like offers and tools and and, and competitions. But actually. It's a great channel to help you fuel that conversation with them there. And actually, content is a key driver to help you keep that conversation meaningful and helpful. Um, and it may be inspiring, inspiring or enabling, like Nike does. That Nike helps support its, uh, its customers by giving them tools and, and tips to be able to go out running or play a game of football or mm. keep healthy, etc., so, the world has, has changed and, and content is now becoming a, a key responsibility for brands to have to do.
0: Lisa, what do you see as the challenges that brands face as they try to sort of evolve into publishers?
1: So, some of the challenges they find is that it's actually it's not natural to what they do on a day-to-day basis. So, generally brands, you know, they either sell. Fashion goods, so they could be selling shoes. They could be selling holidays. They could be selling insurance products. You know, content is not something that is natural to them. They might they might have excellent people that work out of their team, but what they do on a day to day is selling a specific product or or uh, helping that brand evolve. And and actually now have them having to become publishers is a different model for them because they need to think about how they produce content which reflects their brand which has to be great quality it has to be in line with what their target audience you know how it all resonate with them it needs to be the right format for them where their audience are in the right channel potentially in the, in the right languages mm. so and they've also got to be always on it's you know there's like publishers you've got to be responsive to things that happen in in the news and happen in the market they need to show that they are thinking about their customers all the time and, and, and having a voice so that they can engage and resonate with those customers. And, and that's incredibly challenging because it's very new, actually, and people haven't thought about that.
0: It's very dynamic, isn't it, and on the ball?
1: Yeah, it's incredibly dynamic, uh, agile, some might say. Yeah, it's definitely challenging for them. And, and also, if you think about it, a lot of brands, they're not just online, they're offline as well. And now you've got to think about... Those cases of how do you make sure that you engage with them in that in that way, and we work with a lot of financial service and insurance clients. And part of their challenge is okay, we, you know, we're experts around our specific products but actually, it's very technical information, and the way that we're presenting it at the moment to clients is not being able to then They're not, you know, they're finding that it's just, it's jargon, and how do they make sure that they they adjust? that content into that right format and the right tone to be as helpful as possible. And, you know, these brands want to speak in the same language as their customers. So what we try and do at Quir is really help them craft and identify that language and make sure that they can produce content, which is right for the audience Mm. and, and also right for the brand, because it has to be in line with what their objectives are. Are they trying to enhance their brand? Are they trying to enhance their uh, enhanced revenues and, and leads and conversions or enhanced user engagement and then plan what they need to create based on that and then find out and get responses and feedback from customers to see what they're engaging with. You know, whether that's monitoring their analytics online to see what kind of well um and time and flight they're having around that, what content potentially supports a sale. That's really important for, for brands when they're planning content and they're planning that strategy is to have those factors in mind because it's not just about creating content for the sake of it. Not, I wouldn't say not content marketing, it feels like a new thing, but it's always had an enforcement well, role, whether it's online or offline. Yes, but yes. now it's not just having a content strategy for the sake of it, it's about having a content strategy that has an objective that can help them measure the effectiveness of that strategy like you do with any marketing strategy and, and, and put a return of investment number on it and and work out how helping you meet that and we're working with clients but you know people in the industry are finding that it, it is having great returns and it is actually having much better returns than traditional traditional advertising banner advertising um and paid searches we're not saying it should replace completely but it's just as another alternative to, to finding that you'll reach acquire and engage a customer
0: These companies you just spoke about, how do they scale? I mean, they're they're, they're evolving into publishers, but how do they scale across all these different sort of um, channels,
1: if you like? So it is definitely challenging for them to scale because if you've got to think about the number of formats and the number of potentially markets they're in and the number of topics they might cover, we work with a, a retailer that covers home and garden DIY fashion, electronics, et cetera. Um, we found that what we've done to support our clients scale their content production capabilities, we've built our own in house proprietary technology, which is called the Quill platform. And and technology, you know, is something that can help companies scale because even the biggest publishers in the world can't work off spreadsheets and and Google documents to be able to brief content out in a, a quick and dynamic way and then also help that content production workflow. because so that is really challenging, otherwise you're increasing an incredible amount of time and incredible amount of admin and mistakes are going to happen. So we've built technologies to help scale our service and content marketing for our clients. And, yeah. and we think some form of technology, whether that is helping manage the content production workflow... Or ha- help measure performance of, of the content or dynamically getting content out of something your site like using using technology like an API. That's why technology helps you scale, but technology will never replace content creation, mm. content production that you know that needs people, talent people with talent and expertise around a specific topic and area, um, native writers. That you know, whether they come from Conde Nast or the Financial Times or their luxury photographers that worked with brands like Burberry, you know, you need the specialist, the specialist people to help produce quality content, but the scale is then supported by that technology. So, that hybrid is, is, is really important.
0: Lisa, the phrase publisher, I mean, for me, tends to invoke sort of images of magazines. Do brands need to be producing magazines to be successful publishers or? Are the online channels the key?
1: I don't think they have to be producing magazines. I think it's about I think it's about getting the right strategy in place to identify where your where your audience and where your target customers are engaging online or offline. And I think online it's great that you can be able to get real time response to, to to content and you can test that. So whether that's in social or whether that's um on publisher sites or whether that is on your own site or an email it just allows for different you you can test different formats quite quickly and see what resonates best so I I wouldn't create a magazine for the sake of it but then at the same time people like ASOS have been very successful with their magazines whether that's a tablet magazine or that's a magazine that comes through through the letterbox Mm. so I think it's about creating the right content in the right format for the right channel. But identifying first and foremost where that audience is and if that channel is the right channel for, for the brand. I don't think you should have a social I don't think you should have a Facebook page for the sake of it. If your audience aren't going to be engaging within within Facebook say, but they do engage on LinkedIn, then make sure you have a strategy around LinkedIn. And definitely don't think that you need to do because it's because there's a fad around it.
0: Mm. Do you feel that there's a challenge for brands as they become publishers to sort of continue producing content that's targeted and relevant? I mean, is there a, a temptation to produce content on anything and everything for content's sake, just, you know, in order to get the accolade publisher?
1: Oh, absolutely. And that's why the strategy is key, because it's not about creating content for the sake of it. Otherwise, it's just noise, and you'll just turn your audience off. If you create a great strategy... And strategy, a part of strategy should be, should be putting a plan in place that allows you to test and refine your approach. When we create a strategy, you know, it allows us to make sure we're creating content that has an objective and that will resonate with the audience. We, we work with our clients around understanding what content they currently have in each of their channels, who their audience is, what are, those, what are those objectives for them, what's the effectiveness of their current content and looking at the data behind it to see a really what content is matched to which audience, are we serving the needs of the different audiences, what are the gaps, what are competitors, and, and, and what's the best practice around this. And then just once we do all of that digging, you know, interviewing internal stakeholders, we do all of that digging to help us then pull together a really strong plan that helps us pull together these recommendations. And then we do the creative work and the creative thinking and once we get that content out, again, it's about getting results and looking at the data to see how people are responding. And content promotion has been really helpful to help us test in close to real time how that strategy is working in practice mm. because we use platforms like Outbrain and Fula uh, that can help us place a video or a how-to article, let's say, onto a relevant publisher site, someone like the, the Daily Telegraph or the Daily Mail. And then we can feed back to see, okay, is this driving engagement? Is this driving actually a conversion back to the brand? And then we can look back at the strategy and go, okay, let's tweak here and, and here. And that will then tweak the plan again through it.
0: It really emphasises the importance of strategy, doesn't it? It
1: does. So
0: in your opinion, Lisa, which brands are leading, you know, leading the charge and becoming publishers?
1: I the outliers here a couple of years ago were ASOS and their supporter. I mean, they've done an incredible job from, from a retail perspective to, you know, their they're publisher site, they're fantastic. They've got a fantastic magazine mm. and they're producing, you know, daily, engaging, topical, newsworthy celebrity content, which is really relevant for their target audience then letter porter launched Mr. Porter and, and it's incredibly aspiring for that type of audience and, and that male fashion lover. Um, but other brands like Red Bull, you know, Red Bull, uh, Red Bull that have a website that barely has their, anything to do with their product or their site on it is just filled with content. Um, and, you know, those types of brands have really been leading the way. But actually also, I would even, I would even you know, I'd take my hat off to of brands like Currys where they really frame themselves for, for the customer. You go to their site and actually you know, it really helps you know, okay, this product is right for me. This tells me everything about the product. It tells me the customer reviews. It tells me the returns policy. I can see it in different shapes and sizes. And actually, I just don't have to go anywhere else because you've answered all my questions around that product. So um, I, I think that it's about making sure that these brands are really framing the sale and telling a story
0: ultimately lisa who do you think is going to win out in content marketing i mean is it the agencies or in-house teams I mean, are publishers themselves in the running
1: Win out god i'd like quill to be the winners um <laughs> <laughs> i think <laughs> i think that um i think the brilliant thing about this market and a brilliant thing about content marketing is there's not one correct approach. Even the publishers, they do everything differently themselves. Some people will have a fantastic uh, network of writers and content creators, videographers, designers, but actually, what they struggle with in house is this editorial capacity and, and making sure that everything they produce is in their tone of voice. You could have something the other way around. You might have actually fantastic heads of content and editorial teams in-house that actually don't want to manage it, uh, a network of, of writers and they don't want to source these people. So I, I don't think there's one correct approach. I think it's about finding the right approach for that business. Sometimes people want to outsource everything to a business like ourselves or they might just want the technology. And part of what we're doing is we're licensing our Quill platform to third parties on a white-label basis, where actually they might just want their own universe and their own world, but they just might really need that support around that technology to help them scale. Mm. So there's not a one-size-fits-all, and I think there's going to be many winners, not just Quill.
0: Well, Lisa, thanks so much. That's some really interesting insights there into sort of content marketing and the challenges that brands face as they start to become publishers. Thank you so much. How can people find Quill and find you?
1: Well, thanks, Andy, for asking me to join the show. So people can find us at quillcontent.com, which is our website, mm-hmm. or our Twitter page, at quill Or please feel free to get in touch with me via either of those means. I'm happy to answer any questions or chat to any potential clients. And, uh, yeah, great. Thanks so much again.
0: Lisa Mandel, Business Director at Quill. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you want to see us on the website, it's sitevisibility.com slash impodcast. We're also on iTunes and we love reviews. That'd be fantastic. If you want to email us, podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. If you want to call us and leave a question or a suggestion or a comment, then it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero that's it from me andy white and it's goodbye also from <laughs> and we'll see you next time on internet marketing
1: what's new on podcasting Here's what we love, courtesy of ACast. Recommends. On a scale of one to ten, with one being completely straight
0: mm-hmm.
1: and ten being completely gay, what number are you? Um.
0: You know, I don't think that you should rank how gay they are. I guess, and I, you know, that's just a little of a red, just a flag for
1: me. Come on, come out. Let me out. A weekly podcast where real lesbians tell their real coming-out stories. You can find Come On, Come Out on your favorite podcatcher out now. Go listen. ACAST,
0: A-Cast. 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 recommends. A-Cast.
1: recommends.